0: Too many people do not focus on growing exponentially or, I'm sorry, incrementally each month, mm-hmm. then each year. They always worry about, okay, as long as I'm maintaining. And yeah. maintaining is never a good thing, but they do that for some reason, and I think it's for security or comfort. Right. Right. But I really focus incremental increases every single month, every single year, and if there's, we're not doing that, there's, we're doing something wrong.
1: This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Mike, my man, welcome to the show. What's up, Caleb? Glad to be here,
0: man. I'm so excited and also thankful that you had me on here to share my story with your audience.
1: I, I am excited as well. We, we have a mutual friend, uh, and I actually got connected with you through Dave Meltzer and his organization. And man, good luck, bro, because you got you the the bar is set high. So, um, and I'm I'm excited to like delve into your story. And I know there's a lot of takeaways. I know you're coming out with a book. There's there's a lot of things that we can jam on. So, for my audience, I would love if you just took a step back. I know there's a lot that makes makes you who you are today. So, why don't you take a step back and, and talk a little bit about your journey to get to to get to where you are today and. I think a lot of that will, will create context on, on what we talk about and, and, and why your story is so inspirational.
0: Yeah, so three things. Right now, I'm an area manager for a company called Nations Lending, which is a home loan company in the Mid-Atlantic region in Miami. So that's one thing. Second thing, I'm, I'm a CEO also of a company called People Building Inc., which focuses on building people, broken mindsets, uh, just repairing people as well. Um, and also the podcast that I have is called What Are You Made Of? And so I focus, I I keep a lot of my time filled up besides time and quality time with the family, but really just producing something. I can't sit still. I just have a lot of energy and fired up to do that. So, But it all started, Caleb, back when I was about 11 years old. I came from a broken family. Like, I I don't remember my parents ever being together. And one moment when I was eight, my dad uh, decided to take me to dinner and sell me on the idea of moving in with him full time. And I chose to do that. I bought what he was selling, and I broke my mom's heart, and I moved in with my father and his, his new wife. And by the way, I'm telling this story. It's not to bash my parents. I don't know the whole story because I was a kid. I'm just sharing with you my story, where I came from, so you understand what I'm made of, so to speak. Uh, but when I was eight years old, for three years, I lived in my dad's house, and there was a lot of psychological and mental abuse that went on due to conflict amongst my parents. And you know, at 11, I decided you know, this isn't a great environment for a kid. I was pretty mature for my age and decided, you know, I got to get out of this environment. Like, this isn't good. Although my dad had money and we had trips and we went to dinner, like nice restaurants and we had everything we needed. Right. But we didn't have a lot of love and there was a lot of conflict in the household. So uh, I told my mom, I got to get out of here. And she, you know, I used to come home actually from being in my mom's house for like every other weekend. And I'd get sick to my stomach to have to go back into the house. And she'd wonder why, like, what's the matter with you? And I just got so anxious and not, it was bad. So she filed court papers to get me uh, the custody back. And I, my dad got these court papers one day and I came home from school and he had them in his hand and he said, you know what these are? And I said, no, no, I don't know what these are. He said, get in your room. And so I went in my room and sat for what felt like hours, but it was probably only five minutes. And he actually opened them up and read them in front of me. And I was like, oh, boy. so uh, at that moment, um, I sat there and, and listened to what he was telling me, and I said, you know what? It's true. I want to move with my mom. It's awkward. as." Yeah.
1: It, 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 I can, very, I can only imagine. Situation. I can. Yeah.
0: And he said, okay, if that's the case, if that's what you want to do. Now, my, by the way, my dad was a mason. He has his own company. He's very successful. He always had a wad of $100 bills in his pocket, and I always looked up to him for that. He had a rubber band around it, and I didn't know if he was a wise guy or what the deal was, but we, we, we had it well. So he took this wide $100 bills out and said, okay, if this is the case. You know your mom doesn't have it that well. He peels one off and crumples it up and throws it at me and said, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. Wow. And that vindictiveness really shocked me from coming from my hero. So you know, I don't tell the story to play a victim role. I'm just telling you what lit my fire at a young age. And two things happened at that moment. One, I realized that I'm never going to ever let him win. I'm going to go hard and never quit. And I will just be just unbelievable when it comes to persistence and and being successful. And number two, I realized that also I can't be the only one in this situation and I have to be in a situation to help people. I got to be able to help others that have gone through this, been given up on to understand no matter what you've gone through, whether it's worse than that, not as bad as that you can succeed. And I'm going to show you. So I've been on this mission for 30 some years, being more and more and more aware as I've gone And when I hit, you know, my forties, I really went on a a journey now of searching for knowledge and trying to, uh, fill in for my insecurities. Cause I believe insecurities come from lack of knowledge of something. And so, you know, with the mortgage company, the podcast and all all this stuff, that's the kind of mission and journey I'm on is to help build people.
1: I love that, man. I love that. One of the things that we teach at Better Wealth is you being your greatest asset. And I'm sure on your journey, you've had multiple epiphanies of like, wait, like I am like I need to start investing myself and my mindset and the the identity, and like like you even said, lack of education. what was the first time that that was like an aha, and what have been some of the best investments that you've made in yourself to get to get you to where you are right now so i'm I'm a street smart guy
0: from all the stuff i've been through. You can be street smart, book smart, right? I believe that it's more important to be street smart to a point book smarts won't get you very far because you need to have that you need to have some intuition. You need to have some understanding of, I I say the streets, but just the way things are, dealing with people, right? So I think that I've been street smart for the longest times. And I dropped out of college with a 4.0 because I just wasn't engaged after I stopped playing football in college. I just wasn't there. And I wanted to go out and start making money. So I got street smart and I got some book smarts. But when I turned 40, I realized I'm limited right now. I'm hitting a ceiling. There's something not right. And I found out I started feeling these insecurities. Like I, I can deal with people, I can sell, but I, I need to be able to grow further and bust through the ceiling. And what I found was that I needed to become a sponge. And so I started investing in, you know, buying books, obviously, and reading books like crazy, like a madman, obsessed, just eating books, man. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also watching, you know, my mentors. I I, I want to find mentors that I believe in that I see that they're where I want to be or on the way to my journey of where I want to go. And they're doing the kind of things that I want to do. And the other thing I like to talk about is heroes. See, my mentors, Grant Cardone is a mentor of mine uh, and Brandon Dawson, who's a partner of his in, in, in Cardone Ventures and another guy named Richie Dolan. Um, those guys have been inspirational to me, not just inspirational, but mentors because they make me feel good inside on giving me hope and understanding that the animal that I have inside of me can be released from this cage. And hmm. so I would say the investments that I've made with them in any of their programs, the more money I spend with the 10X movement and Cardone, the more money I and my team make, or me hmm. and my team make.
1: Hmm. What, what were some of the biggest takeaways that you've learned from that investment personally? And then I I'm always curious to get people's books like the the top three books if you had to if your mind was wiped but and but you could just read three books what would those three books be
0: well first of all so the first question was uh what the biggest biggest takeaway I guess you would say yeah and investing with
1: with Grant Cardone and his team and just really coaching I'm a big fan of coaching um and I and I think there's something to say and the reason I love it so much is it's not like a a a one-size-fits-all like yeah. it's really it's meeting you where you're at and so I'm just curious for you what was like some big takeaways there
0: so I told you the story about my father and there's been other things through my life where I felt that people challenged me or, or gave up on me or, or counted me out and so with that being said I've always been an animal like I've had this like like you remember Mike Tyson biting an ear right yeah and I don't agree with what he did but he, I can understand that feeling that he that he has inside of him of just like man I just want to run through something and uh, that worked well when I played football. But the thing is, is that I felt like I was contained. And I mm. felt when that animal came out, a lot of times, people didn't take it the right way. And they were like, whoa. that's, that's... But what, what Grant has done for me, and Brandon and Richie, is made me understand that it's okay to release that animal. It's okay to, re- basically, I'm going to give you an example. I used to tell people, look, this is the way we do things in our company here. And I know the right way to do it. I'll take constructive criticism. But if you don't buy in, you're not working here. Yep. Right, and then I'd have some of my employees say later on after the after the call that like, "Man, you were kind of hard. You you shouldn't say people can't work here anymore." And I said, "Why? I don't understand. They don't buy in." So I fought with this all the time. Like, am I being too hard on people? So when I got into the 10x movement and understanding what they do, and I I got validation, man, and I was able to release the animal inside of me. And when I did that, I had to be okay with people leaving my life. I had to be okay with people providing an exit door for employees that weren't going to buy into our system. Hey, yep. see you later. And yep. understanding that I'm okay. I can produce without them. I can recruit and get and replace them. And right. be willing to do that before I wasn't. And I let people hold me over a barrel, which yep. led to me feeling like when I come home from work, I'd feel miserable or I'd go to work resenting those employees that were holding me over a barrel, yep. which was all my fault, not theirs.
1: Yep. So what I, what I hear you saying is, it gave you permission to be who you are and not buy into the narrative that you have to be this kind of person and you are, are okay with not every single person liking you Um, because guess what? Grant Cardone is a perfect example of being polarizing. Um, I know plenty of people that do not like him and I know plenty of people that would take a bullet for him. And so it's just, it's just an example of like, if you want to do anything, look at our president right now, like it's, it's hard to find people in the middle Um, and a lot of times if you look at someone who's done anything of success, they have somewhat polarizing beliefs, um, and convictions.
0: hundred percent, man. And, you know, sorry, man, I got kids on, uh, we're in quarantine still School's still not open. And obviously it's summertime and I don't even have the kids in camp or anything. So I apologize for that. I think everybody's dealing with that. Um, it's not the quiet podcast studio that we're used to. So my my uh my apologies so um yeah so the thing about polarization man you know i don't care what people think i never really have and my biggest thing on that is i'm trying to teach the people around me about that and and helping them understand like don't don't worry like don't be aggressively offensive but but be yourself and go after it and don't be afraid of success and the average thinkers and average people mediocre people that are trying to pull you down like, what are you made of? The movement that I have has one dominating rule, and that's to turn all setbacks, letdowns, and negativity, which comes from people that are trying to pull you back, and turn it into rocket fuel for your future. And understand that it's also training sessions when you go through setbacks. And if you understand this concept, your life's never the same from that because from that point. Because once you realize that, no matter what comes your way, the bigger the setback, the bigger the jerk that you run into the more success you're going to have because you know that's more fuel for you. So what I do, when I when I go through these kind of things and I'm trying to go after something and somebody's trying to pull me back or hating, or, I just press harder. Yeah. So so that's, that's the kind of thing I try to teach my people and my clients um, in regards to that. So polarization, like, dude, listen, it, 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 I really feel like if you're not getting that pullback yeah. or pushback, that you're not doing enough.
1: Yep, yep um three books that you would that you would if you had to start over again what what where would you start
0: the 10x rule of course is uh you know that that was a game changer for me uh beyond positive thinking by dr robert anthony and you know another one that's i I read a lot and it's hard to pick just three and i got books all over the place that's why i'm looking around here but i think that another big one for me it was dianetics um you know i'm not into scientology I, i don't like i I don't know a whole lot about it, except for that. I just read this book, Dianetics, and it talks about your reactive mind and analytical mind and being able to understand it, first of all, and then being able to, to, to work with it better and, and not letting your subconscious mind hold you back. And I think that was really powerful for me to understand with some of the things that I've been through and some of the beliefs that are set in my brain. Yeah. Um, so I think those three, oh, let me add one more, Think and Grow Rich. I think that's yeah. an old oldie but goodie, but that's a phenomenal book.
1: Yeah, I always I always tell people when it comes to thinking grow rich to to get the big picture. And I know some 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 people get rubbed the wrong way, but I'm telling you, if you take what Napoleon Hill wrote about and the philosophy, um, I've I've read that over five times, and uh, it's it's been one of the best books I've ever read. And so I just I just echo that. Um, this, this is the Better Wealth podcast, and so one of the things I love hearing is like people's wealth philosophy, what they're doing. Um, any efficiency hacks, any wealth hacks that you're personally doing in your life that's, that's that's working before you get to
0: that question, let me ask you a question on that thinking grow rich. Why does it rub people the wrong way?
1: I, I think it it quite frankly, people are victims, and I think the whole concept of it is when when you're saying that you like anyone can be wealthy, it, it like they number one could get defensive and then I'm a I'm a Christian, and so a lot of people in, in my the, my space just have a negative view of wealth in general, which mm-hmm. I also think is a is a bad thing because I believe it has the, one of the greatest tools that can make you a, a, a greater person or or worse person, and it doesn't 100%. necessarily it doesn't it doesn't make you you are it just enhances good or bad, um, and so that's that, those are my two thoughts, um, right. and then the third I I've talked to some people that I highly respect, and they they just were critical about how the book was written and how there are there claims that were made that, that weren't technically true, apparently. I, I haven't really looked gotcha. into those claims, but I, I, what I do is I take a, what's the result in my life after reading this book? And it's been insane. Right,
0: right. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I would love to hear those claims. Uh, we could talk offline on that, but that's <laughs> awesome because I'm, I'm, you know, I read the book. I read Three Feet from Gold by Dr. Greg Reed, who yep. uh, is involved with the uh, Napoleon Hill Foundation. and had him on the podcast as well, but a great, great guy. But you know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing backstories of books as well.
1: Yeah. So, but uh, what were you talking about next?
0: Efficiency hacks?
1: Yeah. well, Wealth efficiency hacks. Like, what are you doing right now to really win in the wealth game? And like, I would love to get your mindset um, as it relates to like, how you think about money and, and just really jam with you on that.
0: Well, first of all, the relationship people have with money is so important. You know, and we were just talking about that. That's why some people pro- probably resent the book, thinking Grow Rich. It's because of their relationship with money that stems from way back. It could be familial. It could be from an experience they've had. I think that you really have to get straight, first of all, in your relationship with money. And that we can go on for hours and hours along those lines. Um, but the other thing is, I think a lot of people focus on not spending money instead of how to get more money. Yeah. They spend too much time on the wrong things. And so what I've done is shifted my focus years ago. I shifted my focus to really not even watching. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't spend frivolously, frivolously, but I don't really go through my, my bank statements or credit cards, but maybe once a month really quickly just to check if there's any fraudulent charges. I don't add it all up. And, and then what I do is I spend the rest of my time just hammering hard on bringing income into my family. Yep. And then, then from there, figuring out ways that I can create cash flow. Yep. Because I don't want to be, you know, a, a, a stuck and a and a prisoner to having to make earning money. Now I don't mind doing it, but I, I, I want to have options. And so, my focus is very very intentional and clear and, and like laser focused on bringing as much money in as possible every month and growing. By the way, too many people do not focus on growing exponentially or I'm sorry, incrementally each month, mm-hmm. then each year. They always worry about okay, as long as I'm maintaining. And yeah. maintaining is never a good thing, but they do that for some reason, and I think it's for security or comfort. Right. Right. But I really focus incremental increases every single month, every single year, and if there's, we're not doing that, there's, we're doing something
1: wrong. Right. It's interesting. Just, the, just with inflation, maintaining is actually going backwards because um, the cost of money – and the the value of money is getting less and less valuable. And so that's, that's fascinating. Um, I would, I would say this, yeah, there's, there's a line of thought about the latte effect. And it's like, your, your mind can only be on one thing. It can be on, you know, scarcity, which is like not spending your money on a, you know, latte, or it could be on abundance and saying, listen, there's a ton of value creation out there in the world. What can we do? And how can we create more value? And I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm all about tracking, tracking your money. Like being like, I think there's, there's also a lot of people that make a lot and then just, just increase their lifestyle and they don't know how to keep it. But I, if I could only focus on one thing, it would be all about abundance value creation. How can I create more and get more versus how can I save, save a little bit of money. And I I think there's a lot of truth to that.
0: Yeah. And speaking of inflation, they just pumped $2 trillion in the economy Mm -hmm. and they're getting ready to do another trillion. What do you think that's going to do to the value of the dollar? what do you think that's going to do to the prices of things and so you have to be conscious of this a lot of people see the stock market right now after a 2 trillion dollar pump into the economy and they see the stock market and they're like well it's back to where it was or it's close no it's not 2 trillion dollars yeah. people do not realize and comprehend how much money 1 trillion dollars is
1: yeah you know that's a thousand billions yeah you know what i mean so yeah it's it's insane it's it's maddening and uh, it, there's two truths that come from this. Number one is you're 100% right. Well, like, what do you think that does to our money? Number two is how, how are the government going to get that back? And we could, we could uh, talk, trust me, I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff, taxes. Um, understand how the tax code works because the government's going to get that money back somehow. And um, Well, yeah. yeah, a lot of people
0: need to start figuring that out and focusing on the tax code. Absolutely. Yep. That's something yep. that somebody should start working on right now if you're not already. <laughs> Or get somebody, you know what, you don't have to do it yourself. You just gotta get someone to help you with it. Yep. You know? Yep.
1: One of the things I took away from thinking Girl Rich was this idea of specialized knowledge. And I'm big in that. Like find people that are where you want to go or, like where you want to go or like have that knowledge. And it's that that's that can create a ton of value um in itself. Is there any anything else that you're when it comes to wealth and money that we're like you're doing and you're like this is a this is either a quote unquote a secret or something that's like if you sat down with somebody And they're like, I want to become wealthy. What kind of, what would you share with them? Number one, and then anything that you're doing with your money or any any investments that you're making outside yourself that um, you'd like to share.
0: Right now, what I'm focused on with my money, first of all, is investing in in the companies, my own companies to start with, and then going from out from there to others. But my my biggest thing that I would share with people is that you need to have people. Yeah. Like I, I can't do anything by myself. I mean, I can do certain to a certain extent, but everything changed for me when I started adding people and then investing in those people and then teaching them what I know. And if I didn't know something, get the knowledge somewhere else and then bring it to my people and develop. That's where people building came from. People building the company that we started. If you invest in people and build them and also be conscious of what their visions and dreams and goals are as well, make sure they align with what you're trying to do. The sky's the limit, and you will create wealth beyond your imagined, wildest imagination because when you add people together, you add people, but you get an exponential
1: yep. growth. Yep. I, it's it's so interesting. I believe that people are the greatest asset. I truly do believe that, and that's where leadership is so important. And yet, when you look on a balance sheet on a company, people don't show up on a balance sheet, which is crazy to me because we end up making decisions on the wrong metrics, and I'm man, I'm 100% behind, uh, behind that. What, what
0: I look at, and I talk to my leadership team all the time, is our employees have a value. Now, I, look, they're people, and I value them as people, but you also have to look at the balance sheet. Yep, and so you, you, look at the, you look at an employee or in the mortgage business where we are, realtor re- relationships. A realtor relationship is worth more than one loan that they may send over to you from a, uh, one of their clients. It's that client, then any other clients that they send over, not only that, the client that they send over has intrinsic value because that client could refer business to you and then yep. they could buy another home in the future. And then each, each person and realtor yep. could be worth millions of dollars, right? Yep. And people don't yep. think that way. Nope. So, so that's the things that I would teach people is to really wrap your head around that and stop handling things as individual transactions.
1: Yep. And sales changes as well. When you think of the lifetime value of a human being, and serving them well versus just trying to get a sale. I'm sure we could talk a lot about that. Um, why don't you unpack this book? Because I know that's one of the things that I want to push people towards to support your movement and your message. Talk about the book that's um, almost finished. And um, talk about like, what you're writing about and some of the key points in that.
0: So the book, first of all, I wanted to blueprint what I use to get to where I am today and then what we continuously do to build our people. And so that's why we call it the art of people building. I guess it's, I didn't even think about this. Just hit me now, Donald Trump's book, The Art of the Deal. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even think about that until just now. But the, what are you made of? The art of people building is basically the blueprint of what I've used to get to where I am. And I wanted to put that in text because I also wanted to eventually put programs out based on that and break it into uh, training platforms. And so that I can go into companies, I'm already doing it, but I want I to base it off the book now and go into companies and really work with companies and under, help first help them understand how important it is to invest in their employees yeah. and then develop them and build them and you know a lot of employees do not get help outside of the office and what i mean by that is just think about how much conflict happens in employees homes
1: yeah.
0: how much happens in their finances how much happens in their relationships and then when that happens that comes into the job and it affects the company yeah. so people shy away from those kind of things and I know there's some probably some legal ramifications, liability things. But if you can still present generalities to help people grow their relationships at home, understand finances better, and when they come to the office, they are so much more powerful for you. I need to get that out, that message out to people, and I need to get that out quick because
1: I see so many companies struggling with this. So there's this book so is mu- designed for that. There's so much brokenness, and there's this this idea of corporate wellness, which I – I think the, the problem everyone's, everyone sees, it's like if you're broken as a person or you have a bad home life or even like there's just a lot of stress or financially, like you're going to bring that into your work. Yeah. And so you, corporate wellness is obviously like a big hot topic right now. Is this, did you write that as like, a listen, I can, I can help you with this. I can help you with this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll start telling my story because people have to have a frame of reference of where this is coming from. So I tell my story and several other stories that I didn't bring up here today to share with them what I've been through and then what I learned from those things. And then how I relate that to growth for myself personally, and then my employees in my business. And so the intention is to share this via stories and experiences and then get that out to, because that connection is so important. And my goal, look, I want to help people number one, but Look, I'm not writing a book, not for it to be a best, you know, for it not be a bestseller. Like I have the intention. Look, I'm writing a bestseller. It's not even an option. It's already, you know, out there. Already the window. done. So, yeah. um, you know, those are the those are the two missions with it: helping people and
1: bestseller. And again, I don't even care about the money necessarily. It's it's more about just the accomplishment. Uh, besides your stories, uh, is there anything that you're writing in there that's like, man, this is this is going to be good? Or if you had to like teach, or if you sat down with the CEO of a big company that was struggling with their people. Where would you start with leadership? Because, by the way, man, I could talk hours about leadership. I, I really believe that's what makes or breaks great companies, is their ability to serve and lead um, in a humble and yet powerful and confident way. What, what kind of things have you learned and what did you put in that book as it relates to some key takeaways around leadership? So
0: first of all, I'll talk about leadership, but before I do that, I talked about Waymo. What are you made of? I say Waymo. What are you made of rule number one? about basically resilience, psychological resilience. And I thought about this the other day, and I, and I said, you know what? I'm a definition guy. Let me look this up. So I want to read something to you real quick. This is the definition of psychological resilience. Psychological resilience is the ability to mentally or emotionally cope with a crisis or to return to pre-crisis status quickly. Resilience exists when the person uses mental processes and behaviors in promoting personal assets and protecting self from the potential negative effects of stressors. So this is a big focus for me, my movement, and the book. And, you know, because no matter what you do in life, when you're starting a business, having a family, whatever, you're going to have setbacks. You're going to have stressors. How do you deal with those, and how quickly can you come to acceptance of what's going on and be able to overcome them and use that positively for your future? So to me, that's the focus of the book, um, where it all starts. It's the foundation of it. And, you know, leadership besides that, that has a lot to do with leadership, but also leadership is a lot of accountability and too many people are scared to hold people accountable. And the reason that they're scared to hold people accountable, if they're aware of accountability and it being important is because they don't want anybody looking at their, in their closet, so to speak.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They don't
0: feel confident and secure about what the, the job that they're doing and the efforts that they're putting forth. And so that changed for me. When I, when I know I'm going out 110%, going after it, I don't have any problem holding other people accountable because I'm not worried about them coming to me and saying, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that.
1: Oh, so, so you're saying leaders don't like to be, keep people, make leaders don't like to be accountable or create leadership through accountability because they're afraid of hypocrisy and people going back to them.
0: Yep. And look, let's face it. We're all a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. Everybody is. And, you know, but to what degree is what matters. And I think that it also is not about being a hypocrite or not being a hypocrite. It's, it's the confidence that you have inside of yourself that you're doing the best you can possibly do. And then once you have that confidence, then you can go and say, okay, I'm going to hold this person accountable. They gave me permission to hold them accountable. I'm aware of what their goals and dreams are. It aligns with our team's goals. And my job now is to hold them accountable to it and understanding that you're doing them a disservice if you don't too many, too many leaders aren't doing that. And that's why a lot of companies are flailing or just yep. plateauing
1: and, and what have you. Yep. Um, now you also run a very popular podcast called what you Are made of podcast. What is what's one of the things that you've learned or some key takeaways as you interview some really remarkable people on that on just like any anything that you picked up after starting the show that you're like, wow, this is something that I wasn't expecting that I was just like, I yeah. see a common theme in.
0: Well, first of all, I'll give you some of the takeaways from the guests. But before I do that, having a podcast, first of all, you have to promote it and get it get known just like anything. Yeah. But once you have a podcast and you have people starting to come on the show and you're starting to put things out there, you'd be surprised the credibility that you get, the authority that you get. And just because you started a podcast, it's the yeah. craziest thing in the world. It's a phenomenon. And then being able to actually ask people to come on your show and then and big names and they say, yeah, sure. And you're not even sure yourself if you're like, this is a really like, this is a real show, you know what I mean? Like, what is this? I'm sitting in front of a laptop, right? So that's one of the big ah, like aha moments. Like, wow, this is powerful. Secondly, and getting known all over the United, not just the United States, but the globe. Like having people listen in Dubai and South Africa and Australia. That 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 blew me away. But as far as the the guests, the guests, I keep hearing a common theme, and that one common theme is making decisions having clarity with your decisions, commitment, and massive action. And I would say also adding there consistency yep. and those yep. things, I keep hearing the same thing from the successful people that I have on the show. And so that's stuck with me. And to the point where I always think to myself, as long as I'm consistent, frequent, massive action and passion, nothing's stopping me.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. We have four principles of better wealth and clarity and uh, consistency are two out of the four. I absolutely love it. Um, and it's really interesting that you picked that out because those principles came out of two and a half years of me being in the podcast world and learning from other people and i I just hundred percent agree with you as it relates to do something, go deeper, and like go and ask people to help and be a part of what you're doing, and you'd be shocked how many people will be a part of that that movement and and I think a podcast is one one thing that I'm so grateful I did, and I have a lot of great friends to this day because. Of that platform,
0: love it. And one story, real quick, I'll tell you if we have time. I have a boardwalk by the ocean, and every morning I I go by myself, or I'll take my kids. And I have a seven-year-old daughter, and we were walking the boardwalk, and I didn't say anything to her right away, and I waited for a while, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and I said, "Hey, Sophie, look back at the the big Ferris wheel at the end of the boardwalk." And she's like, "Wow, that's far away." And I said, "Yeah, you know how far we went?" And it was like a mile and a half. And I said, "But but we didn't just jump a mile and a half. We took one step at a time." So that's what's in life, and business, everything that we go through, guys. And I was telling my son too, just one step at a time. And before you know it, you'll look back and won't believe how far you've come. Yep. So that's the consistency factor, man.
1: I love it. Well, how, how would you define better wealth?
0: Uh, well, better wealth, how would I define it?
1: Um, I mean,
0: I guess you know the, the whole philosophy of incremental growth and always grow, growing, growing. Yeah, and 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 whether it's your knowledge or the amount of wealth that you have, I think that's that's what the way I would define that is incremental. Being yeah. incremental with your growth with it, and making sure that you continue to do that with your knowledge and the amount of wealth you have.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. We talk about wealth as, as it relates to your time, as it relates to your money, and as it relates to your abilities and talents. And it's isn't it so true that if you could be growing in one area. But if your health isn't right, or if you're you, if you don't have any money, you could be like the most educated person in the world, and yet like there's other parts in your life that are broken. And so it's really that holistic approach, um, and it all begins with how you think, which goes back to thinking, "Grow rich," and that the philosophy that that has in that book.
0: Yeah, uh, I just said the uh, earlier about the family life. If the family life's not good, it's going to affect the work life. That's going to yep. affect your finances and so on, and your health.
1: You know, it's yep. all connected. Yeah. I I love it, man. Um, one of the, one of the things I love to end this show with is what I call the legacy question. The legacy question goes like this. If this was your last day on earth and you were with your family and, and your, and your loved ones, and you could look at back on your whole life and share with them with all your experience, one last conversation, what would that conversation look like? Wow, man. Wow. One last conversation.
0: Um, you know, I think I would want to get across to people that no matter how hard I ride them or how hard I was on them, that really my intention for them, what I would want them to say about me is I always knew if I hung out with C-Rock long enough that I could believe I could achieve anything. And I think that's, that's what I want people to understand where
1: I come from and what my mission is for them. Um, so that, that's, I'd have to leave you with that one. I love it, man. How can people, how can people get connected to what you're doing? How can they pre-order the book? Um, How can they listen to this movement that you're that you're starting and that you're growing and that you're um, continuing to foster?
0: Well, for your for your audience, uh, if they go to themikecrock.com with no K, themikecrock.com, they can subscribe and get a copy of the book for free when it comes out, and that that'll be an e e version or whatever. But if they want to buy the hard copy, we'll do it for shipping only. And uh, I want to get that in the hands of people. It's not about people buying the book necessarily. It's about them. Digesting the information, man.
1: I love what you said about like, hey, I'm not here to get a New York Times bestseller. Although you're, you're writing a bestselling book, you want, you want it to land, you want it to get out. I really appreciate that. I, I thank you for that. Um, I, I just want you all to know that all the links will be in the show notes. Um, when you have a last name like William Williams, uh, you get uh, very empathetic to making sure that the links are clickable. So um, I'll make sure that that is down below. I can't wait to get the book when it's out and uh, any, any final parting thoughts uh, with, with the Better Wealth Nation and just it's just what we got to talk today.
0: No, I would just say, man, I would leave you with this. You know, I already told you the, the dominating rule that we have, but you know, also you can accomplish whatever you decide you want to accomplish. That's what I would leave you with because you know, people just don't understand that they can predict their future by creating their future. And so. Thank you, man.